In everyday life, it's often necessary to wear many different hats. You're a student, an employee, a parent, and more. In nature, it's no different. While it's rare for animals to wear actual hats, the sponge crab takes on the roles of bus, master of disguise, and true bona fide hat wearer. Of course, that's just undersea fashion in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal learning information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can visit us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, to Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, Richard Kaspar, and Lottie and Aubrey. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a boss that puts the team on his back, but more on that later. That's right. This is a situation where uh, uh, Mr. Krabs decided that he's employee of the month this this month. Yeah, well, he puts SpongeBob on his back. Yeah, yeah, he does. Or just, you know, wears SpongeBob like a like like a suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. He's employee of the month be like he's wearing SpongeBob. Yeah, or he's dressed like SpongeBob, I guess if you don't want to be so like dark with it. It is <laughs> it is Friday the 13th as we're recording this oh. 300th episode of the show. That's right. Oh my gosh. 300. Um, Trace Spartans. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're Spartans now. This, if we could lead our podcast into battle, we could lose against the Persians. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that be great? We could take <coughs> if each each instead of a Spartan, we get that animal, and it's gonna be there's a lot of bugs, so it does like yeah. it, it's gonna look and a little fish. sparse. <laughs> Bug bugs, fish, and birds, and. So we're not going to be able to have that shield wall that we were hoping for. <laughs> have we done the elephant um, yet? That'll be helpful. We have done the elephant. Although the Persians we, had multiple we have elephants. Done, we've done the, 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 the sperm whale and the humpback whale. So we do have some we do have some heavy hitters, I will say. They and maybe like we could just attach... carriers. We could just attach shields to their flanks and set them in front of us. Uh, and that... And that that'll be how we uh, mm -hmm. how we defend the pass at Thermopylae. Um, <laughs> Just fill the pass of, at Thermopylae with a blue whale. With with whales, yes. Yes. What was Leonidas thinking? He should have <laughs> just gotten a blue whale. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, uh, happy three hundredth episode. We started this podcast what end of twenty seventeen? So we're coming up on six years now mm -hmm. and uh i don't i don't think have we missed a, even one week i don't i i we, i feel like we have once or something once or twice we, 
we've done a lot of like shenanigans around uh, behind the scenes where we're like recording three episodes and then releasing them or recording like the day that we release or something like that but like we've i think we've managed to get one out every tuesday or maybe one time we we missed tuesday and it ended up being a wednesday yeah but um i think we've gotten one out every week for six years pretty crazy that must be why we're so famous <laughs> yeah, because of our work ethic. <laughs> well, it's like you gotta be, you can't not tell anyone <laughs> that, and that's what we do. We don't tell anyone. Anyone who's listening right now, it's a secret. You're in on the secret. <clears throat> yeah, we're an exclusive club of people mm-hmm. that know this podcast exists. Turns out social media is useful for one thing, but still odious to uh, deal with. It is useful for one thing, uh, disseminating information, good or bad. Yeah. Um, in this case, good, because we have a cool podcast to go tell your friends. Mm-hmm. But we are talking about today on this grand 300th episode, the furred sponge crab. I feel like now, I mean, I knew it was 300, but... Maybe, maybe like uh, a 300 style animal, but th- I think the sponge crab's fine. <laughs> I mean, we don't get the holidays. We don't do, we don't do current events. No, no. We never, we've never gotten shark week once. It's like good, do- it's good expository preaching. Whatever the next animal is, that's the, the no holidays, nothing. We're not breaking. We're not topical. We're faithfully we, the, going through each animal that, as we think of them. I, I want to say that our first Halloween we did like the vampire batters yeah, yeah. on purpose, but um, since then, it is. I think we did the reindeer like in November. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the furred sponge crab, uh, also known as berets for days, and the dapper decapod. Yeah, those, that's what we're going to call it that's here. Good. Do you want to know what science calls it? Yes, I'd like to have a seance science? with science. Okay, well, hold my hand. Are you holding my hand? Yes. Close your eyes. Kingdom <laughs> Animalia. I knew it. <clears throat> um, the phylum is Arthropoda. Because it, its skeleton is on the outside instead of the of the inside like for us um the subphylum is crustacea uh a beautiful name yes yes the the um crusty yeah crusty crap um the the class is malacostraca the order is decapoda 10 feet uh the infra order is brachyura the family is Dromiidae. The genus is Pseudodromia, and the species is L- Latens or Lat Latens Latens. L e t l a t e n s. So Pseudodromia Latens isn't is Dromiidae nomenclature. Isn't Dromiidae the song from Babe? If I had words to make a date. <laughs> da, 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 da. 
stolen straight from Saint Saiyans. Okay. All right. What's it look so like? since we're in the business of naming oh, yeah. things, you got me all. I just went on a a an, a, a very quick massive nostalgia trip. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, now I'm just thinking of Babe and that song and anyway. Um, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Nitty Gritty Nomenclature. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that is, what does the binomial nomenclature mean in English? So, we have Pseudodromia Latins. Does it mean A, milky fake sponge? B, furry false sponge C slow false sleep or D concealed false crab so milky fake sponge furry false sponge slow false sleep or concealed false crab none of these would make good Indian names by the way false crab it's not a false crab it's a false sponge it's a real crab. <laughs> I guess I'm going to go with false sleep, but I feel like that some of those words are you're leading. Latens sounds like late, so that sounds like slow. Drum, like what dormir is sleep in Spanish. So I feel like you're leading me up. A, you're, this is a snipe hunt, but I'm going to go with that one. False sleep. A snipe hunt, it is. <laughs> it is concealed false crab. Ugh. It's a real crab. How is it a false crab? So dromia is is like a term for crabs. It's not like... It, it didn't really have like a one-to-one -one translation. But it's like falsely in this category of crabs. And then latens means concealed. Interesting. But yeah, I was, I was definitely uh, trying to find things that you would naturally attach to, like sleep and milk and slow. I can see you getting to latent. Latent could be like concealed, so I should have went with that. But no. Yeah, yeah, I guess that may, may be where it comes from. But, nope. Yeah, concealed false crab. Do you want to hear what this guy looks like? Sure. Well, it's pretty standard crab fare at the Crab Shack. It has uh, ten legs, two claws, eye stalks, hard carapace. Uh, that carapace is often cream-colored, but it can be yellow, and it is covered in a chitinous fur, sometimes very thickly covered in a chitinous fur. Um, it is pretty stocky for a crab. It's solid, well-built, respectable. But one thing that is not respectable is its size. It's very, it's pretty darn small. So, um, but how small is it, Joe? That's a great question. Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. 
the part of the show that's introduced by you when you send audio yourself saying singing or I guess a crab might chitter. I don't think it does. It makes any no. sounds. It's it, underwater. It click clacks when it like walks on on land. But uh, when you say the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com, we do have a new measure up intro this week. Yes. It's a super special one. But before we talk about that, Nora answered our question. Do, uh, do, do, does, is a sloth, no, is a koala closer to the sloth end of the spectrum or to the bear end of the spectrum? I said bear, you said sloth. And she says it's closer to the sloth end of the spectrum for sure, in her opinion. But I think it's called a koala bear because of, because it looks exactly like a stuffed animal bear. So it looks exactly, Nora, like a stuffed animal bear, but it's closer to a sloth. How? Yeah, because a stuffed animal bear looks nothing like a real so bear. So a stuffed animal bear looks like a sloth, looks more like a sloth than a bear? Sure. You're going to tell me that? Stu- You're going to sit here and tell me that? <laughs> the, 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 the body proportions of a... We're, talk, we're not talking a, about the size of the animal. We're talking no, about no, other pro- stuff. I'm not talking about size. Proportions. Like a, te- a teddy bear is like humanoid, and a bear is just a comp- it's just different shape, different silhouette, <laughs> different everything. It's so it's so different to the teddy bear. I talked. I asked Johanna the same question, and at first she said sloth, but then I was like, really? And then she was like, I was. But then you exercised your authority as head of the household yes. and changed her mind. Yeah. Well, no, I said like I'm. I'm talking about the way it looks, and she's like, oh no, it looks more like a bear, but it. Its personality is more like a sloth, <laughs> and she's not wrong there. It does have a sloth's personality. No, nah, I just because bear, bears have that long, long the snout. Um, that's more like, more reminiscent of like a dog snout. The carnivore snout. Like, co- koalas have a flat face, and uh, sloths have a relatively fat flat face as well. So, um. It's just all, it's it's more sloth to me than bear. But anyway, I agree, I, I'm glad Nora agrees with me. Well, uh, as at least we're going to get to talk about guns in the measure up. But before we, we do that. We had better not. <laughs> we had better be- not. Before we do that, let's. Let's hear from a long-time supporters, friends, Romans, countrymen. Uh, Well, first, actually, before we get into the the Measure Up intro, let's hear from somebody who agrees with you. Yeah, let's hear from a... a, Can we stop doing guns? Because it's getting boring. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess we won't do guns either. It is not my... It's your idea to do guns. Why is this my thing? No, well, here's what happened. You said that this was a... Um, you, you wanted to align the measure up with my interests. And yes. I said one of my interests is guns. And then we've just done guns for the last three months. Guns in World War Two, And yeah, you said... And guess what World War Two was fought with? Guns, yeah. So no patriotic spirit. <laughs> well, 
You said guns, World War Two, and fatherhood. How many about fatherhood? What? How do you measure fatherhood? I can't. So with with the the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Yeah, it should have been like, what's the world's largest cradle ever? Um, world's largest binky. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for world's thanks. stinkiest diaper. Calvin, do not worry. We're not doing guns this episode. The 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 people have spoken. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Happy three hundredth episode to you. Happy three hundredth episode to you. Happy three hundredth episode. Life, death, attack, on a me. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad. I like how they, uh, they, they changed that the very last bar so that they didn't. That we don't have to worry about copyright infringement for the Happy <laughs> Birthday song. Oh, jam packing the syllables yeah. into that song. Love it. That was like that. Yeah, it was like a, a, what we they should have done was what the, you know the they do in the in the hymnal with the hymns just just kind of just start chopping out vowels we yeah. don't need them <laughs> that was joy laura julia and calvin uh who have all sent in measure ups many times thank you so much for yes. we if you hadn't sent that in this would have been another episode i would not have thought about it as being the 300th <laughs> uh so it's good to have a little something special on our 300th episode. I I thought about it um, a few weeks ago when we were doing like two, you know, episode 298 or whatever. And I was like, oh, we're so close to 300. And then we got sick. And the just the, like the, the build up to this just kind of dissipated. <laughs> yeah. And we had two like crazy weeks of, uh, over here, too. So. Eat, but thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you for listening to I'm pretty sure every episode as well and giving us feedback, which is so great because, like, we don't know if we're doing a good job, we don't know if you like the guns that we're talking about all (laughs) the time, (laughs) and then you, but you, we get to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, if you send an email. We will see it. I mean, we get yeah. a lot of like spam We're emails. We're real people, but I usually see the the real ones, uh, even though the spam emails do everything they can to look real. But uh, I don't think I've ever. I don't think we've ever missed any correspondence. I hope not. If we have, email us. <laughs> yeah, email us again. Uh. But we, yeah, we got to hear from Nora. We got to hear from Joy and the kids. This is and an a extra uh, special little uh, slap on the wrist from Calvin. Yeah, it. it's uh, it's just all the uh, all of the main characters over the years are on this episode. All what? No, we got more main. No, characters. no, no. We definitely do. It would have been great if we got. Uh, 
the what's his name? The guy we said sounded like he has a barrel chested. The White Wizard voice. Saruman. Oh, that too. Yeah, <laughs> the White Wizard Saruman. All right, let's get into the real. Let's get into the things. Let's talk about length. They're fifty millimeters or two inches. How many sponge crabs go into the length of the USS Gerald R. Ford? This is a topical one. Do you know who the Ger- do you do you know what the USS Gerald R. Ford is? It sounds like a ship. It is a ship. Um, the Ford is a U.S. Navy aircraft carrier that is currently in the Eastern Mediterranean to quote bolster regional deterrence efforts in the wake of the conflict between Israel and Hamas. So, in, in other words, they're there to make sure nobody gets any ideas. Um, I feel like there's a lot of ideas already happening. No, they have radar for that. <laughs> they can detect ideas and launch intercont- intercontinental ballistic missiles at the ideas specifically. They're yes. psychic idea uh, missiles. But uh, people in Greece and Turkey have uh, been uploading videos that uh, they've sighted the ship off the coast and have been struck by its impressive size. Uh, As a nuclear-powered ship, it can sail for around 25 years before needing to refuel. Wow. Yeah. Uh, It also has... (laughs) Officially, it ha- it can reach speeds of 30 knots or over 30 knots. But anything always, more specific than that is classified. I always, um, t- whenever I hear that, I always tell myself, I'm going to go look up what knots are. And then I never do. So it's, I still don't know how fast ships move. It's like 36 miles per hour. And I think that's decent for a ship of that size. But, uh, but... But, like, that's just a number. Like, that's nothing. That's the military being like, you don't need to know how fast it is. Yeah, we've invented teleportation. Speed is not uh, a factor anymore. The Montauk Project worked. (laughs) Uh, um, Or or it's the um, the create with that that, uh, aircraft carrier from the, you know, the Avengers that flies. Yes. Um. All right. The length of it. Yeah. The length is like variable for some reason. There's a range for length, so it grows as well somehow. <laughs> it's the nuclear part of it. Yeah. It's magnets. I can't explain it, so it's magnets. <laughs> um. Maybe maybe when it's heated up by the sun, it expands. Gets a foot or so of extra girth. I don't know. They put um, a spear on the end of it. <laughs> so they can just <laughs> ram it into a, just whatever they feel like. Like it's the Roman Macedonian War, that, that whose name I can't remember. The Punic Wars. That's what it was. All right. So I remember the Yorktown. I'm trying to visualize like how big that was, me standing next to it. And this one's obviously 
probably quite a bit bigger than the Yorktown. I'm going to say the Yorktown is 200 yards. That seems like not enough. I'm going to say 300 yards for the Yorktown. Let's just put another football field on there. 400 yards for the... What'd you call it? The USS... Gerald R. Ford. Ger Gerald, Gerald Ford. Jerry. The USS Jerry. Our best ship named after our best president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Undisputed. Uh, all right. So, 1,200 feet. That seems like not enough. I don't know. We're, I'm, I'm not thinking about this anymore. 1,200 feet. Um... All right, 7200. There's no way I'm close, but I don't want to I don't want to start from the beginning again. Please don't make me. Final answer? Yeah. 7200 crabs. Uh the correct answer is 6600 crabs. No. It is 1,106 feet or 337 meters, which is about three and a half football fields. Oh, my gracious me. I was darn close. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, you overshot it, but it's still pretty big. The longest That's ship a ever is, I think, a... That is a ninety-one percent. That is a that is a nursery school victory. You got an A. That is nuts. What? Wow. Okay. I, I guess my experience, A, standing on football fields, and B, standing on the Yorktown, have really helped me. I think the longest ship ever was the Seawise Giant, which is an oil tanker. No. I thought it was the Carnival. The the Symphony of the Seas. I thought that was the biggest ship in the world. Oasis class. Anyways. Yeah. You never can, like... I'm using Yahoo. Why should I be using Yahoo? I can't find the answer to things. How You'd think it'd be so easy. What's the longest ship ever? Here's a list. And it's separated. You have to click through to, and watch ads on each one. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Symphony gosh. of the Seas is eleven hundred, almost twelve hundred feet. So, well, that's smaller than the 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 oil tanker. So, yeah, so not the biggest. Anyway, let's talk cool. about depth. They live five hundred <clears throat> meters down. I forget what? how many that is in freedom units. They can live. Up to 500 meters down, but you will also find them in tidal pools and stuff. They are crabs. That's 1,600 feet down. So how many of the highest standing vertical jumps go into the living depth of the sponge crab? Highest vertical jumps. Standing vertical jumps. So that is somebody standing and jumping up onto a thing. In this case, it was like a stack of stuff, including dumbbells or uh, barbell plates. Here's a hint. The record is held by Christopher Spell, a personal trainer from Shrub Oak, New York. 
and he said it in 2021. I found a 2022 uh, running vertical jump, which is less than this. And it was by just like a guy at a basketball camp. What? <laughs> at basketball camp. It's not like LeBron James. And he's at pop he's at basketball camp. It's not like Dwayne uh Dwayne The Wade? Rock Johnson? D- Dwayne the, the the Wade Johnson? Dr- if you try to say drain raid, it sounds like you have eroticism when you're saying Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. That's what <laughs> I'm a plumber. We're gonna go down there and on a Dwayne Wade, <coughs> break up all those hairballs. That's the um. That's how my son would say, "Drain raid." <laughs> um. Oh yeah, my and his sister's name is Riley. Oh, the poor boy. <laughs> Why we? <laughs> um. All right, so. I'm going to say six feet. Okay. How many feet did you say was the living death? 1,500? That's really deep. Are you sure? 500 meters. Sixteen hundred feet. Sixteen hundred feet. All right. Divided by six. Two hundred and sixty-six is my answer. Two hundred six. That if that Christopher guy was standing next to a sponge crab at its max living depth. He would have to jump 266 times, and each one would have to be a record jump for him to reach the surface. <laughs> that would be such a tough situation. Yeah, it would be rough. I believe in him, though. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. He does, and he makes that head go straight up pretty high. The record jump. Oh, no, I didn't do the mathematics. I'll wait. <laughs> One second. Oh, you just keep. Uh, you just th- keep thinking about uh, crabs. Are you ready, kids? Oh my gosh! Yahoo doesn't give me the. Uh, what are they called? The snippets. The rich snippets. You're gonna have to go ahead and take Yahoo and uh, put Shoot it to the shredder and throw it directly into the garbage can. Make it look at the flowers. The correct answer is 293. That is, uh, wow. I am on fire this time. This is this is the, the, the spirit of the 300th episode. The highest ever jump was 67 inches or five foot or five and 5.6 feet or 170 centimeters. So you just have to jump 5.7 feet up in the air. But That's that, it. 
He this guy was like almost eye level with the top of the thing. So like it's almost as tall as he is. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> Jumping your entire body height straight up is well. Crazy. I imagine that like people that do like whenever you see gymnasts going across the the mat like by the end of that routine it feels looks like they're going 10 12 feet in the air that's true it I'd, call that really... a, I'd call that a running jump right <laughs> anyway i got i that, i i aced both of them I, I wish we had a third one so i could get a hat trick it really is the spirit of the Cimarron, the three hundred of the three hundredth episode. The spirit of the what? <laughs> spirit of the Cimarron. Is that a is that is that Tolkien? No, remember Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, that movie with no. the horse. No, it's like it was like one of the last fully hand drawn movies. No. <laughs> I've seen. I mean, are you talking about Spirit? That yeah. movie about a horse called that's just called Spirit. No, it's called Spirit uh, of the Silmarillion. What's going Stallion on? Stallion of the Cimarron. That's what it's called. Yeah. No. But it is the horse movie that's called Spirit. Oh, then I do know the horse movie that's called Spirit. I just didn't know it was called Stallion of the Silmarillion. <laughs> Uh yeah. All right. Um okay, let's do some fast facts before we get into the major fact because we are oh, this is going to be a long one. Uh so the sponge crab lives in the coral reefs around the coast of Namibia and South Africa. I mean this particular sponge crab, the furred sponge crab. Um and there are uh, there are uh, some populations in the Indian Ocean, but most of them live in the Atlantic side of the uh, of South Africa. I have stood on the the place, presumably where the Indian Ocean and the um, Atlantic Ocean meet. Quote: I mean, it's not like a line or anything. I mean, it is a line on the ground that people have put, saying like, oh. To the left is the Indian Ocean, and to the right is the Atlantic Ocean. But it's like, it's just water out there. <laughs> but uh, anyway, interesting to think how oceans are just divided like that. Um, the sponge crab is a scavenger that eats dead plants and animals that it finds, uh, but it will crack open and eat mollusks that it can catch. Females have a distinctive... Uh, the, they have distinctive longitudinal grooves uh, underneath their carapace. And um, the some, not, not this one in particular, but some species of sponge crabs um, will, rather than hatching into larvae that swim around like other, um, like many crabs, uh, they will actually hatch straight up into young crabs. So it's kind of like skipping the tadpole phase, but for crabs. And I'll leave it at that because the rest of the facts are are pretty pretty centered around what I what I know to be the major fact. So take it away, Ernie. 
Okie dokie. I'm calling this fa uh, major fact sponge hat. I wonder what it could be about. Sponge crabs are similar to the LDT alumni spider decorator crab. In uh, yeah. in that it wears junk on its carapace. Uh, crabs will find a spongy colony and cut off a piece to hold onto its back. And they actually have a pair of legs that are specifically curved upward instead of down to the ground, you know, like legs be. And uh, these legs are designed to hold onto their hats, hold their hats in place, like they're Don Draper and it's a blustery day on Madison Avenue. Of course, as you do. Yeah. Uh, Japanese researchers wanted to study their selection process, so they gave them a large piece of foam, uh, like a big foam, a foam sponge, you know, not like a real sponge, but a big foam block to try, mm -hmm. uh, try it on for size. And they, the crabs will do, dig a little dent into it and slip it onto their heads and then walk around for a bit, you know, get a feel for it. See if it, it pinches your toes. Strut um, their stuff. Strut their stuff. Uh, and it's really funny. There's a video of it, like, trying to get a, put, wear a big sponge as a hat. Big square <laughs> sponge. But then it doesn't, you know, it's like, this is much too large. So it cuts that in half, tries that one half. Then it just keeps cutting it down to size until it gets a good size for their hat. They just tailor their own hat. Yeah, exactly. They're making Stetsons. I'm making, I'm, making I'm making Stetsons, of course. So usually the sponge covers their entire carapace. Because they can test and adjust the size of the sponge... Based on how well it fits them, researchers believe they could have some level of like awareness of their own body. Whether that's self-awareness, I'm not really sure. But then you could, couldn't you say all hermit crabs then are self-aware because they know which shell fits them the best? Not sure. Maybe. But it is interesting to think about. But why do they wear living hats? So... Sponges allow the crab to camouflage into reefs and rocks that it finds in its environment. When it's resting, it tucks itself in, looking, uh, uh, sings itself a nice little lullaby and then tells itself a bedtime story. Uh, but then it's like indistinguishable from an inert sponge clinging to a rock. So sometimes the sponges it wears have their own toxins which means that even if something were to take a bite out of it, it would get a mouthful of deadliness. So, yeah. kind of like the spider decorator crab or the boxer crab. Yeah, so it's kind of a two-parter: um, pure spongy uh, camouflage, and uh, it makes it spicier. But then also. There's another member of its family called the fluffy crab, uh, which their binomial name is Lamarcdromia beagle. <laughs> Whatever that's about. Um, it's so, fluffy. So are beagles. <laughs> End of story. Why, why are there questions? But it drapes itself in a specific kind of sponge that grows all over its carapace. Um. 
And this sponge grows long strands, which makes it look like the crab is covered in fur. It looks like a furry crab. And it's very striking to look at. But I guess the interesting thing about this guy is that it's not just detritus. There's a living, living sponge on it. So that's two living things. So the sponge, I imagine, has a great time being carried around, filter feeding, filter feeding on everything. The, the crab goes and eats stuff. Particulates go into the water, and the crab and the, uh, the sponge filters that through and eats for itself. So this is not commensalism or even parasitism. This is par- um, symbiotic. It's a beautiful yeah, this is, friendship. This is v- Venom and Tom Hardy. Yeah. A symbiote. symbiote. Even though Tom Hardy looks like he hasn't slept in 48 days. He definitely he definitely looks a little worse for the wear whenever he turns back into himself. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, very interesting. The sponge. I guess it would have been interesting to do the sponge. Like hitch a ride on a crab. But the sponge, I don't know how much agency it has in this. Probably not a lot. Not. Also, it's getting diced up pretty hard, so <laughs> yeah. it's a it, it's a rough uh, like membership exam. True, true. It's but, a rough hazing. That's what it is. Yeah, but then you get to be part of the club, and you get to be the best of friends. That's what we should write as a a a buddy cop featuring a a, a crab in his sponge hat. Let's remake the Fox and the Hound. But it's the crab and the sponge. Yeah, as long as the sponge is voiced by Richard Ayoade, I'm happy. Me too, me too. But that's all I got. All right. Well, happy 300th episode, everybody. Thank you to everybody, everyone, all of the listeners, all of the uh, the Measure Up submitters, uh, all everyone who submitted artwork, um, just it's it's been it's been tons of fun to do this show, and we will continue doing it uh, until we have discovered all of the animals. <laughs> um, so keep your eyes out for episode six billion. <laughs> anyway, um, we uh, we'll see you next week for uh, episode three hundred one for you out there in podcastia. Gentlemen, don your sponge hats, eat some deep sea escargot, and dress to the tens like the Decapodian sponge crab here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. podcast.
<laughs> sponge it. What if what are sponges if not the pith helmet of the sea? I don't know. When I saw it, I thought they looked like the winter lanterns from Bloodborne, and I had uh, PTSD.